Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify, the fast, lean learning machine, the fastest learning, most revenue generating personalization platform for e-commerce. Welcome to the e-commerce growth show. It's another beautiful day from a slightly less locked down uh, south of Bristol. And um, yeah, just, just one thing I, I happened to do um, recently. It's a little bit late to the party, I know, but I had my first um, remote sort of Zoom call with a bunch of friends last night. And um, I must admit, it's a pretty stressful ordeal. I don't know how you guys are doing it, but um, I had neck strain at the end of it. And um, I think it's a bit of an art form, understanding how to actually communicate with people when there's like five or six on, on, on the Zoom. And I just found myself like, spending more time trying to think about when I, when I could say something than actually enjoying it. So um, I think the only consolation was a large glass of red wine, which uh, went down pretty well and sort of just, yeah, made me chill out a bit more and it was, it was all good. Anyway, as you know, this channel, this show, is all about helping e-commerce retailers to grow um, through thought leadership. Um, but also, as you know from previous episodes, I've had the honour of being able to use the channel to support those guys who have fallen victim to COVID and have uh, either been out of work or have come into the country at just the wrong time, clearly, uh, in terms of what's been going on, or you know, consultants and other um, entrepreneurs and so on that have um, you know, are basically looking um, for work. Um, so on that latter note, I'm really excited to introduce to you another international guest is uh, a lady called Sam Mazzoni. And Sam is actually Brazilian. She's from Sao Paulo originally. And uh, so she's our second international guest, which is great. And uh, so she is a marketing and branding consultant. Uh, as I mentioned, she arrived in London about a month ago now. And um, so she says her English is not very good, but I don't think so. I think it's pretty good, but we'll have to find out. Um, she is an expert in innovation, creative insights and omni-channel experiences for enterprise brands in Sao Paulo. And she's been accruing that experience over more than eight years now. So this is a fantastic opportunity to hear all about um, what experience that she's accrued over, the, over that time. Welcome, Sam. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me here. Not at all. Not at all. How, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. And you've got a warm day over there in, uh, in Lime, what's it, Lime something, where you live again? Limehouse. Yeah, I live in Limehouse. Near, in you say, in Tower, near Tower Hamlets or something, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like 15 minutes walk. Oh, fantastic. And is yeah. it nice and sort of warm there? And have you got a view from wherever you are right now? Yeah, I do for the channel. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it is. That's it's cool. a great view. Yeah, I love it yeah. here. Awesome. And did you... Um, get a chance to sort of go to a local park or do you have a garden or balcony or something? I, I do have a balcony. So yeah, I was missing yeah. this in like a lot since I arrived oh, yeah, from Brazil. Yeah. I was not used to this absolutely. anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's well, helping I, I, me. I, no, absolutely. It is, isn't it? I mean, the one thing that we've got helping us right now is is some decent weather because imagine yeah, it if is. you were stuck indoors and it was like torrential no. rain, like it, no, like it normally is every day, right? Over here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, well. So just to sort of break the ice a little bit, um, you mentioned to me earlier that you did your master's in London back in 2015. But why don't you tell the guys uh, the backstory as to what brought you back to London? 
Yeah, sure. I first came to London to do my master's in entrepreneurship and innovation management at Lovebury University. And because I, I want to get a little bit deeper into innovation and business new ideas after working as senior marketing innovation manager at Grupo Fiti, a multi-brand franchising group in Sao Paulo. Wow. So after my studies, I like my master was one year there, uh, after my study, I returned to Brazil to work there for a couple of years. And this yeah. year, like... In the beginning of this year, I came back to join my husband. He yeah. was living here and to work. Ah, I see. So what does your husband do then? He's a creative. Uh, he works with creating ad um, advertisement. Fantastic. Your husband then has been in London for a while and you've yeah. been in Sao Paulo, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's, he, he's living here for more than five years now. Yeah. And yeah, we did uh, a little bit of long distance dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, how, how long has that been? How many years was that for then? Almost four years. Wow. Amazing. It's funny, yeah. actually, because I, I had that as well. Really? I, I, yeah. 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 I did. I, um, I lived in London for many years, and mm -hmm. my now other half, she mm -hmm. lived in Bath. And okay. um, I met her um, one one weekend and we, you know, obviously, you know, decided to try and give it a go. And then I was in London for the next four years before I could get to relocate back to Bath because she didn't really want to move. And I don't blame her um, because I was born in Bath and quite like it. And um, so it took four years, actually, for me to get the ability to relocate back. So I know I know exactly what that's like. It's not easy, is it? It's not. No, especially if it's like 12 hours flight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Yeah. it's is that great? Like, mm. it's great for your to be sure, you know, of yeah, your completely. Completely. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I, I, we were the same. I mean, to be honest, we, it was pretty close to touch and go with that with us for quite a while because it was very difficult to handle. But eventually, when the relocation opportunity came, you know, it kind of all came together, and then the rest is history. We've, we've been married for eleven years now, and two kids. Oh, nice. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. But you, you're not. You're not. Are you married yet and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you with your husband, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And how long have you been married we, for? We, um, six months. <laughs> cool. <laughs> honeymoon, honeymoon period, right? Yeah. I like, I just got married and coronavirus arrived. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, absolute nightmare. But listen, I mean, I, I know the guys listening will want to rally behind you and we're trying to help as much as we possibly can to find you, you know, all of our contacts and, um, and share them with you because I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear some great stuff from you. Thank um, you. Amazing. So as, as part of the overarching theme for the chat, you've chosen to speak about Omnichannel, which is great. You know, we'll, we'll, we in England here, you know, experts here will, or e-commerce guys that are listening now will know obviously what Omnichannel kind of means in their minds. Even Segmentify has a, a very sort of, you know, um, broad understanding of what we would call Omnichannel um, personalization, for example. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, having had some exciting opportunities to genuinely work in, you know, every channel. Um, and what that means. Um, but obviously, you've had a lot of experience working in Sao Paulo for a number of years for enterprise level brands, like you mentioned, Grupo Fici, and the, the, if anyone doesn't know, the kind of big footwear brand in, in, in Brazil. Um, Art, I think it, what's it called? Art, Art Walk? Art Walk, yeah. Yeah, Art Walk. Um, so tell us, what is your take on omnichannel in general? Well, I always loved this kind of omnichannel idea. 
as you know, yes. a lot of brands have a multi-channel system because sure. in the system, all channels that the brands work with are available to the clients, but they are not themselves integrated. So what I always study and what was seen worldwide is that mm -hmm. do a multi-channel uh, multi is not working anymore for yeah. your customers. So when I was working in Grupo Fici, we needed to mm -hmm. introduce the mass, uh, the streetwear culture in Brazil. Uh, right. Brazilian people always love sneakers, but yeah. the sneakerhead culture, the sneaker freaks, was a very niche thing in my country back in 2012 when sure. I was working for them. Yeah. Um, we have to show to all the customers that we have the authority in the matter to mm -hmm. so they could realize the real value value mm -hmm. in these sneakers so they can sure. trust us as well. Yeah. Um, to do that, we needed to show we know everything about the streetwear, the shapes mm -hmm. of sneakers, everything. Yeah. So everybody on our team, from sales to digital marketing, mm -hmm. should know every history, every story, everything behind each sneaker mm -hmm. shape. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. a, yeah, it was very important to have an integrated communication and speak in mm -hmm. all channels the mm -hmm. same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. As a result of that, we would improve our analytics, analytics, sorry, <laughs> once <laughs> we could uh, have a 360 degrees of all customers touch points and not being specific to only one channel. Yeah. We trained our sales team to do so. So sure. in the beginning, we told the stories of its shape and the e-commerce products description on Instagram, Facebook, and all other types of media that we work with. We thought the, wow. the sales team with web seminars about streetwear. I also conducted yeah. a new shopping experience to the customers through an innovative project. Uh, there was an omni-channel tool called iFeet that was like a virtual shelves in the store, in the middle mm -hmm. of the real shelves, you know, to be only yeah. one thing, where the clients and the sales team could have access to all the products and the information about them. Even if they were not on sale in the store, they could be on another store in e-commerce. So... All the information will be equal. The brand and the sale team, they yeah. needed to be the authority on this subject because when you are yeah. the authority, people can trust you. And that was what we wanted to, you know? Yeah. Do you know what? That is absolutely per spot on. You know, I completely agree with you. Um, that authority piece, and that goes across every walk of life for me. You know, I'm in sales, I'm in partnerships, I'm in software, at Segmentify, you know, um, in life. How can you take control of anything if you haven't done the, the, you know, the work, the graft to get to the point where you know about it? And you not, don't just know about it, but you are an expert in it. You are an authority in it and you're passionate yeah, about that. Um, so absolutely, for you to be able to drive a niche into a market from a brand that's completely unknown i love the fact that you know it was it was it was the whole team you know the whole company was 
you know, passionate about or you drove that passion to get everybody behind what you were trying to do is so critical. Um, and I, I actually, I, I, honestly, I, I think that's so important. I'd almost put it number one in terms of any business and any vision that you're trying to, to do, to try, to try and realize. Um, and, um, and that's a cultural thing, isn't it? So yes. did you, did you, did you instigate that then? Or did you, did you, were you part of a team that sort of made that happen? Yeah, I was. And I was so deep into that. Like mm. I, I, I truly believe in what I was yeah. working with and yeah. I start to love sneakers. Yeah. My first year, if you believe me, yeah, believe me or not, I spent like, I, I bought less than a year, uh, 40 pairs of like sneaker shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah. One, they uh, are all in Brazil because I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's um, great. You're completely uh, yeah. right about everything that you just said. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, and I'm just very interesting about that eye feet thing. What what exactly was that? It was a uh, imagine like a big, uh, yeah. touch screen yeah. that looks just like a shelf. It was exactly yeah. the same uh, oh, visual uh, yeah. idea, you know, of the yeah. shelves that we had yeah. in the artwork and authentic fit sure. uh, stores. And yeah. people could like touch the the sneakers that was appearing yeah. there, or or look for one, yeah, by the name or by the shape or color. You know, it was just yeah. like a an e-commerce, but in this yeah. in this but shelves, yeah. yeah, 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 of course. And, the, and did that get used a lot? Then there was like one one place where everyone went to to find out information, or was there loads of them everywhere, or, or like in each store, or, or what? Each store, each store had oh, one. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Because I suppose I should we should probably explain. People probably know picked up more than I would have that um, you're talking about um, stores and online, right? Quite a big operation in terms. Of, I mean, how many stores did Grupo Fiji kind of have altogether? More than two thousand. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in whole Brazil, like the whole in country. Brazil. In Brazil. And only in Brazil, is it? Only in Brazil, yeah. Wow, that is a massive number. It is. It's I one of it's the a... biggest retailers, sneakers, yeah. uh, streetwear retailers in Brazil. Is it yeah, one of the they... biggest ones in the world? Like, Sorry? It must be one of the biggest ones in the world, right? 2,000? Or is that just are the ones with tens of thousands? I don't even know, I suppose. I don't think it's the biggest one. It's like no. Foot Locker, but in Brazil, you know, because in Brazil we yeah, don't have yeah. Foot Locker. Yeah. It's yeah. just the same kind yeah. of idea. Makes it's sense. The big, yeah, because yeah. Foot Locker, uh-huh. I think, is worldwide. They are yeah. not uh-huh. yet, yeah, yeah. but I think someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, you were telling me about a lady there, actually, so it sounds like there's some amazing stuff going on, but um, that's another podcast away, right? We'll leave that one till, till another yeah, time. Yeah, sure. Um, no, so it's interesting. So, and, and just very quickly, do... Does the business do the majority of its revenue through the offline channel or is it a healthy mix between online and offline? What does it look like? Nowadays, it's a healthy mix, especially due to Corona, all the coronavirus, everything. Yeah, but it's a healthy mix. People start to to buy like a lot of uh, sneakers and streetwear online. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. So, I mean, just just following on from the fact that this is kind of bricks and mortar and online, but actually, it, this is also a franchise model, right? Yeah, it is. 
Fantastic. Okay, so so you're you've had a lot of experience within that specific type of model, a franchise retail model. So how does what's your experience of e-commerce within that sort of setup? Um, well, both of the franchises that I work with it was mm -hmm. Grupo Fici and the other one was Canal, that is a fashion retail yeah. store okay. brand. Um, both of them were implementing the e-commerce and the omni-channel too in their stores. So in the beginning, the franchisees were apprehensive about the Vitor store because they might thought that this make them lose some uh, sales and was not good for them, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So my job was to show them that every brand needed uh, an e-commerce now more yeah. than ever because yeah. in this lockdown that we are living in. And that's yeah. a new channel where people uh, know the brand, that uh, what you sell, where you can they can find you, especially for Group of Fiji. They have more than 2,000 stores. So mm -hmm. they, people need to know where you are, you know, yeah. even in like physical stores. Um, yeah. That will also enhance it, enhances your Google ranking positions and due to the Omni Channel 2, if a client doesn't find what you want, what they want, uh, the salesperson could uh, order it online for them so they won't uh, lose, let's say like that, the, the sale and the client. So yeah. Yeah. it's... It that makes sense. Yeah, the store would get like the customer loyalty and the mm -hmm. share of the sales, not... But of course, in this kind of franchises that I work with, is not mm -hmm. all of them. So mm -hmm. it's a good thing. It would be a good free thing for them and it would improve the client's ex experience and the brand value. Absolutely. I mean, that makes complete sense, doesn't it? That you can effectively still fulfill the, the order effectively from the shop when yeah. you've got the access to the e-commerce platform that's clearly got stock control over all the stores or whatever it is that you've, if you've got central, you know, or would you even fulfill from a different store if they were like a mini warehouse or did you have one central massive warehouse that they could pull overflow stock from? Yeah, uh, they have like this both uh, kind yeah, of... Both. Yeah, yeah scenario. both. Both scenarios, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Both you, scenarios, you yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you mentioned something about Google ranking positions. What, 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 what is that relating to? So you mentioned you, that, more... sorry, go on. sorry, no, go. <laughs> no, no, I was, just, I was just repeating myself. Sorry, you carry on. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, if you are online and people are talking yeah. about you, your Google ranking will be like level up and it will be easier to find you on Google. So if uh, someone just look for, like, say, in this group of Fiji example for Air Force Nike sneaker. Mm -hmm. They will be one of the first uh, websites to appear on the Google positions, you know, without yeah. paying anything for that. I was say. So, but why, why is that yeah. happening? Why is, I'm just being, this is me being, like, not an expert in this field. So why, why, what exactly is going on that's enhancing the Google rank? Um, just the, the fact Google knows when you are rel, uh, when you are important in this kind of yeah. I, I don't know how to say in this in, in English sorry about that but no, like okay. 
I'm not a, an expert as well of this sure. Google ranking names, but yeah. Google knows when you are uh, important. So they just yeah. level you up. And if you are yeah. like a true brand and this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I get it. I mean, what you're saying is that these, these, these franchisees, you know, these people that you're effectively giving them an online presence for. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's loads of inquiries going through Google for stuff that Grupo Affici can offer to the pub, to the, to the, to the buyers. And they're probably going online quite a lot to check stuff, check stock availability or get it from somewhere else or, or, you know, all sorts of, so that traffic's being generated by that is then obviously the volume of that, because you've got so many stores, then increases yeah. the ranking effectively. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. And yeah, no, that makes sense. And when more you talk about it, when more, uh, more information you have in mm -hmm. e-commerce or any media mm -hmm. that you have, like related yeah. to your brand, will mm -hmm. increase your Google ranking. So it will be a great opportunity yeah. to your brand. No, that makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. So they obviously, after the fact that you told them all about this, they were like, they became excited to do it, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Especially yeah. for yeah. Uh, with the iFit idea of... Uh, Omni Channel 2, they were very excited about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So just going to, um, uh, you know, you mentioned streetwear um, yeah. in, in this. So just just out of curiosity, really, is there any differences? Obviously, you've been in London for a while as well before, and obviously spent many, many years in Brazil. Is there is there any differences between like what streetwear means and what the streetwear market is between Brazil and here? Um, not anymore. The Brazilian okay. streetwear market is having like the moment right now. In okay. the past, we had some because um, we were not that good. Because in uh, the past, mm -hmm. the sneaker culture was dominated by a cetacean in Brazil. When it was more expensive model, people wanted okay. more, like uh, Nike shocks. Nowadays. Okay kids yeah. and people like the customers take more in consideration the the story and the style behind the sneaker so wow. they are getting yeah. the sneaker culture more in haste you know yeah yeah and well, also really yeah it is it's like and and i could uh the more amazing thing that uh is that i work before and after this whole movement you know and i can yeah. see the the difference nowadays yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be really not. I'm going to be really ignorant now. I think because I, people are going to just hit me. I think, but I actually don't know what ostentation is. Oh, yeah. how can I Sorry. say? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to look it up right now while we're talking. No, about. it's like uh, when you want to show off. You know, when you yeah. what you got, even if you don't have oh, right. it. You know, yeah, like posh. It's like yeah. when you say posh here. Yeah, yeah. kind of that. Yeah. But yeah. you're saying though, like, so I'm just looking at right. So ostentation is pretentious. It's kind of kind of boasting. So it, is it is it pretending that you're something that you're not? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Th that's why it, they they only like like the more expensive models. You know, they were not interested in the in the shape uh, or in the story or I'll if it was see. good yeah. for you, like your yeah. kind of walk. No, they they didn't care about that. You yeah. know. No. That's interesting, you know. I mean, I've had a couple of chats now with a num with a couple of people on on this series, and um, I, I know we all know this, but what you're saying there again is just reiterating this importance of having a story to tell 
behind your brand. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I was talking to this guy, um, Jimmy, from um, Findlay Hats in, in Portland, Oregon, and he built his business from absolutely nothing to seven figures. And the only, well, not the only thing, but the, one of the main reasons was the story behind the product. The fact that you're out doing your, um, you're doing your kayaking or you're going down the rapids and you're a bit of a rebel, you know, like a lot of these kind of extreme sport guys are, you know, that go down on a snowball without a helmet on or whatever it might be, right? Nice. And they had their hats on, their caps on, but the caps weren't fitting around their, um, sorry, the caps were falling off and they were losing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, of course, mm. Jimmy makes a cap with a chin strap. Oh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's a story about a whole brand new idea around hats. And all of That's a sudden... Nice. Yeah, millions are being sold across the world. <laughs> and actually, I, 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 I'll hasten to add that he is going to send me one. He's going <laughs> to send me one. Yeah, nice. he's going to send me a limited edition black dad hat, they call it. And so I'm going to be super chuffed to put that on and take a photograph and, and send to him. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so important. The storytelling behind like your brand, yeah. everything that you sell. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, and now, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like now the, the youngsters, well, I say the youngsters because I'm old, but like the younger generations, do you think that they they get a story more than before? Or do you think it's always been like that? I think more than before because yeah. we are changing the way that we consume. Um, yeah. I think like in the, the past, let's say yeah. my, I don't know, 20, a little more, 20 years ago, uh, we were worried about um, everything should be equal and we should like factors and this kind of stuff in the mass mm-hmm. to the mass. And mm-hmm. nowadays, I think people want things more personalized, more they can identify yeah. themselves yeah. with. with. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's so important, the story behind it. Yeah. And yeah. Not, I think you're right. You know, you know like the whole um, insurgence of influencer marketing you know, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all this stuff. I think like the, the expectation now that I think that people, I mean, I, I don't know fully because I'm, I'm 46, right? I mean, I'm, I'm an old man. I don't use any of it, any of this <laughs> stuff. I mean, I still, I still use Facebook, but only to, you know, you know, like get hold of three people to have a, ch- uh, to have some kind of beer with or something like that. Um, but, but I, I can see how people are completely like consumed now by, um, stories information you know image um you know they're just staring at these like picture after picture after picture or video after video after video and like all of that is stories it's stories about your mates it's stories about makeup or stories about how you look or stories about the best suit or do you know what i mean it kind of started almost with i could see the beginning of it with pinterest and yeah that's right i looked at at pinterest i was like that's boring i don't (laughs) want to do that and i think i've used it twice once i used it um, to change my style a little bit because I've always been a bit boring like that when I was wearing clothes, wearing my clothes. And then I started looking at, oh, I wonder if there's better, better combinations of clothes that you can put together that make you look a bit cooler. And, um, and I did some research on Pinterest. And it was brilliant. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, it was really amazing. So I don't do it a lot. But when there was a need like that, I obviously understood it. But that's a story in itself. So then you've got yeah. a whole generation growing up around these stories in in all areas of their life and it becomes normal so i could kind of understand why now a story would resonate even more with people than it might have done say for example when i was growing up and i was in my teenage years 
I wouldn't be looking for a story. It would always it would be functional, practical, and it would be cost based. And I so yeah. I would get something that was cheap. I didn't care what story behind it. If I got it cheaper down the road, I get it. But I think things are different now, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Uh, as you said, TikTok, for instance, like everyone's yeah. is doing the same day, dance, the same. I don't know picture yeah. kind of picture kind of photo but yeah. it is unique somehow because it's with them they themselves yeah. are doing that you know yeah, yeah. they are doing exactly. it for yeah. their friends then they are yeah. trying to change it so it's kind of unique and they want the same yeah. thing of your brand you yeah. know they want a, a unique thing with them and you be unique relationship yeah. a unique story yeah. behind it mm. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, I mean, you mentioned about, um, obviously, we, we know how important e-commerce is anyway, um, yeah. and what's been happening since the lockdown. But even more importantly, now during lockdown, I mean, do you think, I know we have I've asked this question before, but it's great to get your view on it as well. What what do you think is going to be the, the, the near term, the short, short, medium stroke, long term effects of um, on physical stores, do you think, in terms of the lockdown? Just like you said, it is the moment for virtual shopping right now. I agree with you. And yeah. I think even a recession that we are finding ourselves, uh, sure. it's better to sell less than sell nothing at all. So that's why yeah. it's so important to get like yeah. an e-commerce, yeah. a virtual shopping to have your brand online. Yeah. Um, yeah especially for local no, and small producers companies so they could get yeah. like a share a piece of share yeah. of this um yeah no absolutely so I, i mean there is we are seeing a massive shift aren't we in in terms of have you seen the share price of shopify recently yeah I mean, it's gone ballistic right yeah but i to about the physical stores i think they will always be present Uh, but the importance yeah. of virtual stores and the integration between them will be greater than ever. That's why I think like omnichannel is going to be, and it is actually very mm. important. Yeah. Oh, I see. I mean, were you talking about the a virtual store linked to the retail store, if you like? Yeah. 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 I'm not sure how whether that happens over here or not. In that sense. Um, is, it, is it already like quite advanced over here as well? Like you go into bricks and mortar and you can do the kind of stuff you were talking about with the virtual store in Grupo Thitchi, or is that something that's kind of almost unique over there, which is potentially of interest for I think the it, industry over here, you know? Sorry. Yeah, I think it is. And um, yeah. for instance, Mungo store, you know, the fashion retail brand, they use yeah. it. But it's not like right. the client that is going to order something if they don't find it. Uh, it's yeah. the sales team that is going to order for you. Yeah. So it's kind yes. of they are. Yeah. The service, they like. are beginning with yeah. Mm. Uh, Adidas yeah. as well. The Adidas, if I, yeah, if mm -hmm. I'm not wrong, they do that yeah. as well. Do they what Here. in their in their stores in this, or in their stores? Yeah. Is that usual? They, they have like. In no, in England, here. In England, okay. Yeah. I didn't even know. So Adidas have their own stores, do they? Yeah, they do. Okay, that's just me being completely, you know, nuts because I don't, I don't. Yeah, shop. yeah, they have, yeah. yeah. And I think they are, yeah. at least in Brazil, they are franchising as well. Because yeah. I know Nike is like, yeah. uh, some yeah. of stores are from franchisees. Yeah. 
Mm. That is an interesting um, strategy that you've clearly made work in Brazil. And yeah. um, it sounds like it's something for consideration in this country for sure, um, particularly for those brands that are still, you know, um, well, not relevance, the wrong word, but like are still going to survive, shall we say, right, in, in, the, in the future of what offline retail looks like. Yeah. Um, Cause it is, a tr- it is a struggle, isn't it? I mean, cause the, cause the high, cause so many people are now moving to online and life is so busy, you know, and I don't know how many people are still going to want to go and browse and buy physical items in shops in the future, I don't know whether it will still survive. Do you think it will? I think it will, but not yeah. as we are used to. I think it's, yeah. it's going to change a little bit the way we relate to clients, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some some stuff yeah. that you buy online um, yeah. are, are hard to buy online. For instance, I had to buy yeah. a, a pillow these days and it was like so freaking hard to buy a pillow without like touching it. And you had no idea about the softness, the, the high and this kind of stuff. So I think some kind yeah. of stores will have to, and some people like it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I think you're right. It's just gonna retailers are gonna have to be savvy and and really understand the their clients. niche. Yeah, yeah their clients and their niche. Like, so if you're selling something that's commoditized, clearly, you know, you're not gonna go offline. But if you're, you know, like I'm thinking about things like Clark's. You know, I I can't see Clark's completely going online because school kids will need to get their shoes fitted properly they'll need to be measured and stuff like that yeah you know um so i imagine businesses like that although i don't think they're doing that well actually um it would be um they couldn't just do that online because so much of their business comes from that side of things um but yeah it's a struggle for sure because it's i mean a lot of it is just the it's the overheads isn't it it's like the tight tight margins and massive overheads with actual physical buildings in pricey high street areas and stuff. Yeah, that's that's the main problem. Yeah. And that's why like an omni-channel is so good for people that are, are trying to move to mm. the online. Yeah. Because they could have like a smaller uh, store. Yeah. With a smaller stock in there mm-hmm. and have like a, an outside stock that could bring everything that your client needs yeah yeah you know. like central distribution hub yeah like. central yeah that's right yeah yeah well, there's these massive e-commerce logistics companies you know um that buy up massive warehouses and a bit like amazon fulfillment I, yeah fulfilled by amazon isn't it but in different um proportion yeah, yeah in exactly. different proportion yeah. as well yeah yeah. Sure. yeah yeah so just um in terms of like the pandemic at the moment how, do, do, have you seen any? Uh, have you got any thoughts on how that's going to change the way we buy things? What's your kind of bet, if you like, for e-commerce going forward? Um, I think that people that were not used to buying online now had to, so yeah. the e-commerce gained like a lot of new customers. Mm-hmm. And as I said, it's going to be more essential than ever to be yeah. online. Yeah. So shop streaming for me would be like the combination of e-commerce with 
mm. how we buy things in stores and yeah. it's going to change the buying line. Uh, yeah. Once it brings yeah. the real connection and the real feeling of yeah. uh, the digital to the digital space, so the mm. client can like have a more true perspective of the product of the of mm -hmm. your brand in yeah. general will be yeah. like especially for products that are harder to buy online like i said in yeah. Yeah. the pillowcase yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so sure. i think yeah i think like shop streaming where people are showing like live yeah. uh how your product is how they work you know Yeah. Just like we yeah. did, we have like 20 years ago with that uh, commercials and that channels of that sell you stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be like yeah. your channel online. Yeah, I remember yeah. that actually years and years ago, walking around, you know, um, say like back back in the day, there was this, there's this chain called Comet and okay. uh, there would be various television programs around the place kind of doing demos of a Hoover or yeah of, um uh you know the the age-old uh veg cutter do you ever see that no like so so ancient so somebody would be like oh this is how you cut your onion oh yeah <laughs> we had that in Brazil. <laughs> yeah yeah and just put, like that i said if you put four thousand vegetables into this and press that button it'll all blow up and then they show you and you know they get covered in tomatoes it's like i'm joking It was actually very good, very professional. Yeah, um, and like but, even if you don't need it, you're gonna buy it because you you are yeah. truly believing in that. Yeah. So no, I think it's gonna yeah, be we, the, the future like this. Yeah. More, yeah, uh, and obviously you got the my my wife did fall victim to the Q5 mop <laughs> or the X5 mop or whatever it was, you know. So I've got one, and I'm very proud actually because um, it all got it all got um, you know busted up with lime scale and stuff. And so I was watching all these videos on YouTube about these these amazing electricians go, so now you take everything apart and it's an absolute nightmare. And then you solder this and solder that and put it back together. Do you know what I did? I put what? some vinegar. I put some <laughs> vinegar in the chamber. In the right? bucket. And I pressed, yeah, and I pressed go. I waited for half an hour and then it nearly blew up. And then it, and then it, now <laughs> it steams like an absolute monster. I've only got to like, turn it on and it's like steamed the whole house. So I nailed it. <laughs> So I should I should have done a, I should have done a YouTube video of it because it would have made yeah you should like, you should it would have gone really... <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll tell you very quickly right so one being serious a minute one one thing that we did do at Segmentify which is which is interesting in terms of you talking about shop streaming right or you know bringing together that on and offline experience yeah. um, we we did something quite clever with a very very large retail brand and um, a payment gateway so we effectively. In terms of providing that sort of customer experience across on and offline channels, if you go and buy something and within that token half an hour after you've bought it, where the, where the payment gateway is still open, we actually engineered a text message to be sent to that customer's mobile to tell them within half an hour, basically, that there was a discount on another item that we knew from our machine learning that they'd either viewed or abandoned previously or Whatever. something alternative not alternative sorry something like an upsell like an interesting complete the look type thing to that customer and it increased a 100 million pound business by 1 million a year in extra revenue just by being able to add that text message with some relevant products as you were still browsing around the shop or sat in the coffee house next door within that half an hour period 
That's nice. That's, that's amazing. Cool, it? Yeah, it is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So it's just little, little things like that where you know the true when we say omni-channel. For many years, people started saying omni-channel, and it was just a buzzword, and really, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't mean anything. But now, you know, when you start talking about stories like that, it is truly the ability to harness yeah. every channel. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, go on. No, just an example of yeah. this uh, shop streaming in Brazil. Yeah. I know that yeah. uh, chocolate store, just like Blended, mm-hmm. uh, they were they had like a salesperson in the actual store that was closed, yeah. Yeah. but they were um, recording live in their, uh, I think it was Instagram. And the clients could like ask questions uh, and buy things right in the live, you know, with a yeah. true salesperson talking with them like directly. So yeah. it was, yeah, I thought it was like the best shop stream that I ever saw because it was true yeah. in the true store, you know, mm. yeah, that people well, miss to, miss to go nowadays. So, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, that was, that was a really interesting chat, um, Sam. Thanks so much for your time. I mean, obviously at the moment, as you mentioned, you know, you've come over a month ago, hit on hard times now because of COVID and um, we're being open and honest in here and saying that, you know, you're you're looking for a, a new challenge, come from enterprise, you know, omni-channel kind of background. Um, so I'd love people to be able to contact you. Um, what is the best way for people to get hold of you? Thanks. Um, on LinkedIn, uh, Samara, yeah. S-A-M-A-R-A, Salum, S-A-L-U-M, Mazzoni. Yeah. Um, or they can email me at Samara Salum. Mm-hmm. at gmail.com okay brilliant so just to just to check guys so it's samara so sam a-r-a and then an, and then a capital o dot and then salum which is s-a-l-u-m and then surname mazoni m-a-double-z-o-n-i that's right um, or if you email samara s-a-m-a-r-a salum s-a-l-u-m for mother at gmail.com um, or obviously, you know, if you find it difficult to find her, then just chuck me an email, philipsegmentify.com, and I'll I'll connect to, I'll connect you up. But let's say if you can get behind Sam, you've heard about her experience. If you know of anybody in your network um, that um, would be interested in talking to her, then do give her a shout, or as I say, give me a shout, um, and um, we can get we can get connected. Sure, thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely fine. I'm just going to finish off by saying to everybody, as I always do, um, that, um, you know, really appreciate you supporting the channel uh, and supporting, especially at the moment, the people that are looking for work. And if you can share this podcast with everybody you possibly can, just to spread the word for Sam, that would be awesome. Um, If you've got any questions about the podcasts, if you've got any topics that you want me to research and find thought leadership on, or indeed you want to be involved in the show, just uh, as I mentioned earlier, let me know at phil at segmentify.com. And, um, and as I say, also, if you do go to the segmentify.com forward slash podcast link, then you'll be able to access um, Sam's podcast, all the other new podcasts that are coming out, including the one hopefully I'll do with Sam in a few months time when somebody snapped her up. Um, and any previous ones that we've already done, I think there's about 15 odd on there now, but there'll be another sort of 20 
or 30 in the pipeline coming along in the, in the coming months, then um, do please sign up because then we can send you them as soon as they come uh, become available and, um, and uh, you won't miss anything. All right. But uh, thanks again so much for listening, guys. Thank you so much, Sam, for your time. Thanks, Phil. Thanks no so worries. Much. And uh, yeah, we look forward to speaking to you again soon, guys. Put us to the test and let us prove we can drive more revenue for you. Sign up for a completely free proof of concept or split test against your current provider. Set up and optimized by our team within a few days at segmentify.com slash demo.